Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Listen, we were just glad that you were here today. And uh, as we said, this is one service, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to let it fly. You good? Okay. Okay, so uh, let me tell you a story first. During Super Bowl 42. During Super Bowl 42, this is going back a little bit, the NFL aired a commercial. I remembered seeing it, and it was brought to my attention again this week, and it just so hit today. Uh, A man named Ephraim Salam had played college football for San Diego State. While there, he saw a big man, Chester Pitts, working as a bagger at a local grocery store. He asked him, what do you play? Chester Pitts replied, the oboe. It's a member of the Woodwind family. Chester didn't know where he was coming from, but anyway, so Chester had never played organized football, but Ephraim convinced him to try out. He made the team, he played well, and later he went in the second round draft pick to the Houston Texans. Uh, This, while Ephraim, his good friend who discovered him, went in the seventh round. So he talked about that. (laughs) Didn't even play before. And so he played for the Houston Texans for several years. Uh, Later, he was transferred over to the Seattle Seahawks. After a long career of highs and lows, breakthroughs, even injuries, he finally retired officially in 2021. Chester and Ephraim remained good friends through their careers, NFL careers, and even appeared on the TV show Amazing Race together. So just had a great, great time. My thought is this. You know, what if you spent your whole life doing something you weren't designed to do? Now, now listen, listen, I got I to gotta, I gotta just make sure I clarify this because I have a good friend who is a professional oboe player. So there's no slight against him. But when is the last time that you saw a six foot four, 300 pound oboist? Right? When's the last time some of you saw an oboist? I don't know. Maybe that's your like, what's an oboe? Okay, so, but... But, but, you know, the same thought would have happened if my friend who plays the oboe would have decided, well, I'm going to be an NFL linebacker. I know my friend who plays the oboe, and he would not last a day. He would tell you as well. So the point is, what if, what if you didn't have those divine moments where you really realize what you were built for even in your life? And what if you never gave yourself over to that heavenly gift? So that's what I want to talk about today. So today's theme we're talking about, get in the game. The life of faith is not a spectator sport. You've seen this all month, right? And so I want to remind you a few things that we went through already. Pastor Richard started as he kicked this off the first Sunday. Get in the game. Will you make a difference? And then Pastor Tristan took the second Sunday. It was get in the game. Are you actively pursuing God? Again, wasn't Pastor Tristan amazing stepping up for those services? That was awesome. That stirred me. His passion always stirs me. And then Pastor Zinia came in, Pastor Z. He came in and he preached again in this theme of getting the game, but he taught on legends of the faith and some of these unknown legends, and you are those unknown legends. 
And then, of course, Pastor Lindsay continued in this same theme. And he had a title to his message, but I think the title should be Do Your Job. Because that really landed strong, didn't it? Do your job. And we heard people talking about even through the week, do your job. And I love that. I love that. Do your job. It's all about get in your position. Get in the game. Get in the game and get in your position and do your job. Let's not be spiritually unemployed. So today, I want to continue this theme, but I want to talk on on this subject or ask you this question. Are you in the game? The game. Because there's a lot of games to be involved with in this life. There's so many games to be involved with in this life. And there's so many directions that you can take. And so I want to talk about the game. And I want to talk about it. Listen, you're in church, so I'm going to talk about it from God's perspective. Is that okay? It has to be. I'm, I'm preaching here, okay? So, uh, but, but this is a perspective that I'm getting at because maybe you're, you're running on a different track. And, and I get that. But, but I believe that God has a game, the game, the eternal game. The, the game, or I don't want to even make it slight calling it a game, but the whole purpose of why we're, all of us are ever here is his purpose, what he has started. So I'm going to start out with Hebrews uh, chapter 3. I'm going to read out of the Message Bible here, 1 through 2. It says this, and this is Paul talking to, to his people. You can call them his team. So my dear Christian friends, my team, he says, companions in following this call to the heights, take a good hard look at Jesus. He's saying this to you right now. Take a good hard look at Jesus. He's the centerpiece of everything we believe, faithful in everything God gave him to do. He's the centerpiece. What Paul was saying is, look, team, we're playing something here. If he's talking, he's maybe the halftime, you know, uh, challenge, you know, after the first half, and he's wanting to have you, you know, step back onto the field and finish the second half. Sorry, I'm more football analogy than anything else. So for all you MLB people, I'm sorry, you know, uh, whatever, golfers, what, make it yours, okay? So, uh, so the point being here, he's giving them this charge, this pep talk, saying, remember Jesus. Take a good, hard look. Say, hard look at Jesus. Sometimes we're a little bit too light in our approach to Jesus. Sometimes it's a little too casual, maybe. Sometimes we, we, we have Jesus as kind of an add-on to our life. You know, it's good moralistic views or something like that. But you know, there's so much more in the depth of who he is. So, Paul continued on in the same chapter a few verses later, 12 and 13. He says, so watch your step, friends. My teammates, watch your step. Make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around that will trip you up and throw you off course, diverting you from the living God for as long as it's still God's today. Is it God's today today? Yes, it is today. You're in now church, right? So now is now, right? Okay, let's go on. Keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow you down or slow down your reflexes. If we can only keep our grip on the sure thing we started out with, we're in this with Christ for the long haul. Do you get that? So here's the thing. This isn't just a short thing that we're doing. This isn't like a short fad thing that we're doing. But he did say, let's keep 
our grip. So much of this that we've been talking about, get in the game. It's, it's even about like staying in the game, staying on point, on focus. How many times have you seen games played where it all hinged on people getting the vision or getting that aha moment and realizing, oh, that's what we're fighting for. And then you see just by, not by talent, but just by sheer grit and determination that they come back with a whole heart and they win the game, right? This is really about our faith in this time. We have an upward heavenly calling in Christ, but the enemy, listen, is always trying to divert you from the purpose, divert you even from the plan, even trying to recruit you to another team. Happens all the time, all the time. And we've got to be challenged to stick to it. Paul, one of the, one of the things that he talked about, and this is one of the things that just kind of came to me during this week, um, Paul lost a key player at a time. And you see him like, you know, lamenting it for a minute, for a minute, because he reaches out to Timothy, one of his other star players. And he says this in 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 10. It says, Timothy, please Come to me as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and he's gone to Thessalonica. And Demas is mentioned a few times, but not a lot. And, and I don't want to like paint him as like, you know, a scoundrel, a deserter. <laughs> Honestly, I, I want to I just bring this to highlight and just make sure I'm coming across this way because I'm not being judgmental because I think there have been times where we could have maybe even related for a moment with Demas. Because there are times, I'm just, now let me just talk to those that, that are believers, okay? Uh, there are times where there's real challenges, real challenges in your faith. And, uh, and, and, you know, it says he loved the things of this life. There are things in life that, that are, well, they're lovable, right? <laughs> things that we want or Things that maybe we don't have that we feel we want or things that we didn't know that we wanted until we saw a commercial and now it told us that we wanted it and now we want it so bad and we realize that we are just uh, somehow lacking because somebody on television told us, some celebrity told us that we are less than until we have this and now we're like, we want this, right? And our car worked before but now we want the new one because we saw somebody else look so good in it you know what I'm saying? And listen, it's cool to have a new car. That's awesome. But you know, there are times when there are things that we, we maybe we set too much of our affection on. And again, the enemy just subtly tries to divert us. How does a, a, how does a recruiter from another team to take away somebody from, another, from, from a team? How do they do that? Well, they sweeten the deal. All right? They sweeten the deal. They find something that you're looking for that you feel you need, and they try to provide it, and next thing you know, you're signing a new contract. Okay? Talk about getting the game. So uh, I just wanted to just for a second, Pastor Lindsay, he shared a little bit of his story last week, and it was amazing, some of the stuff that had happened with the Gators, and just incredible, some of the stuff that had taken place. But, you know, everyone has a life story, and I was just looking back on it and realized Wow, I, I just I suddenly had an epitome moment, epitome moment that was like, man, I, I've been at this for a little bit, you know, because I was like, when did I really, when did I really answer the call of God on my life? Not when I had a relationship with Jesus, I got like who He was, and He became very real to me. But the moment where 
I had an experience with them, a very tangible, very life-altering moment with Jesus calling me to do what I do now. And so that moment happened in 1988. Some of you are like, that was a year? I, I think I've heard about that year sometime in the past. Yes, read your textbooks and history. It happened. It was way back there. That's like 33 years ago. Some of you are not even 33. I get it. I get it. So it happened when I was two years old. No, that didn't happen. No. Uh, yeah, good tries. No. Anyway, so uh, 33 years, but I look back and I'm thinking like, man, what a wild roller coaster ride this has been. And the best way to describe it is roller coaster ride because sometimes it's the anticipation of going up, clickety, 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 clickety. Oh, this is going to be so good. Get to the top. Oh, man, I'm at the top of the game. This is amazing. Look at the view. Ah! Scream all the way down. Crazy stuff has happened. Man, we've been in the nations of the world. I look at this. I would not have traveled to so many nations. I was just counting the other day. I think I'm at uh, 20. Three, I believe, 23 nations. That sounds like a lot, but then, you know, we talk to this guy. He's been around the world like twice that much, and Pastor Lindsay twice as much as us. You know, but it's just amazing. I would have gone that far had it been just on my own. But you know what? I mean, God is just, I've seen miracles. My Lord, have I seen miracles and being able to be a part of miracles, praying for people and and, and, then, and, and, and then having evidence of seeing their body healed at that moment. I look back and, and, and just seeing there's, I mean, I, oh man, there's just so many stories. Uh, I remember one lady that, that uh, I had the opportunity to pray for. Did I feel anything? No, I was just praying because that's what the Bible says to do. <laughs> and then I, I prayed for her and she received sight. She didn't, she was like, she could not see further than here. And she was reading a clock all the way back in the back of the auditorium. So blessed that she honored us with dinner the next day and just gave gifts and all of these things because she just wanted to show her appreciation because the miracle was so real. It was undeniable. I look back at it, and as I'm talking about my story, how many experiences have you had in God that have been amazing? And there's been challenges. I get that. There's been times, look, it's, it's not all like, you know, Disney movie and birds chirping and you know, wonderful. I mean, there was times I just, you know, rehearsing, talking with PL. Had some great meetings with PL, great talks with PL. And uh, just had some times just reflecting, you know, in times where it was just like, you know, when, when fear would try to hit, especially in the middle of the night. Isn't this something the enemy tries to wake you up in the middle of the night where you don't have all of your resources, like your mind is not altogether there? And you wake up. Man, I've had times where I wake up trying to catch my breath for fear of what's going to happen, what's going to happen in the future, what's going to, what's going to go on, what's going to, you know, what are you going to do, what, what, what's going to happen, where are you going to be in the next 10 years, where are you going to, you know, how are you going to, all this stuff. You're like, oh, pastor, no, you, you, you should read the Bible. You should, you should walk in the faith that you preach. And you know what? Sometimes it is faith that we walk in. When we walk in here on a Sunday morning and we put it on, like, you know what? Jesus is good. And you may think we got it all together. That's faith. <laughs> this is a reality that sometimes we don't know what's right around the corner. But, but you know, 
All in all, God is faithful, and I'm so glad you chose that song. All my life, he's been faithful. All my life, he's been so, so good. So, so good. So I tell you what, even going through these seasons, there's one thing I did that was a good choice. I stayed at my post. You know why I did? It was because of this. I knew who called me, and I knew he was a rewarder. He's a rewarder. There is a blessing. There is a reward. If it be in this lifetime, great. If it not be in this lifetime, great. Either way. Let me see Calvin. Calvin, are you here? Calvin, come on up here. He's got something that uh, I want to show you real quick. And this is really to give you perspective. This is an analogy that I got that, that I got from somebody else that I stole years ago. It's so funny because I just did a, a, an analogy with a, a rope on Facebook Live. And guess what I'm back at? Another rope. I, I do have more tricks up my sleep than just one trick. But, uh, but anyway, let me find that uh, the end. Here you go. Okay, Calvin, you're going to take care of the rest, okay? Go for it. Okay, so this, uh, this analogy is an analogy that I saw years ago, and it, man, it just stuck with me. Maybe you saw it before. Francis Fran Japan. Uh, not Francis Fran, no, Francis Chan. There's another person. Francis Chan had mentioned this, and it was so good. But here's the deal. Calvin's just uh, having a time unraveling this rope. But I want a long rope for this purpose. Check this out, check this out, check this out. Imagine how you spend your life and your view of life. Imagine this, this rope is eternity. Eternity, it starts here, but there's no end. It just keeps going. Imagine if Calvin wasn't there, okay? And it just goes forever, okay? And, and we're looking at this rope, and we're living our life in, in different perspectives. Imagine the pressure that you have all your life when even financially you have people saying, okay, do, do, do as much as you can. Save up as much as you can. Work really hard during your life so that you can really enjoy this last moment. I want to make sure that in this last moment that I'm financially secure so I can hit the golf course as much as I want to. Although I don't even play golf, but I want to hit that golf. No, I, I do play golf, but not well. But anyway, so, um, so I want to be able to get to that place where... You've heard it before. Well, you know, I want to retire. I want to just do, do what I'm passionate about doing. I want to work really hard so that this moment I can really enjoy. I'm going to leave it all on the field here so I can have fun in my retirement here. Am I making my point? And yet, you've got all of this ahead of you. And what you're doing here is vital about what this looks like for eternity. And yet we get all worked up and all twisted up about these moments that seem to be so overwhelming. I had the lies. Let me just tell you, I've had the lies running through my mind. And I bet you it doesn't really matter where you're at financially because so many times these things will hit you like, oh man, I'm so behind. And you can identify with different things if it's just different areas of your life, maybe relationally. You know, I'm so behind now. I'm here at this point of life. I really had needed to do this 25 years earlier. I, I needed to have been married by such and such time. I should have had children back in my 20s or 30s. And now, look at where we're at. Now, no, it's just, look at the, we're so late in the game. And we've got eternity. 
Here's the deal. Some of them, some people look at you, those believers that you have eternity in your mind, and, and they're looking at you like you, like you're crazy. You're crazy for just living for something that you don't see. You're crazy because at the end of your life, don't you want to be financially or, or, or emotionally or relationally just solid and everything all together? Why are you living this way? You're, you're crazy. And I look at this, and I look at eternity, and I think, you're crazy. If you're, if you're living like this is your finish line and everything that you're doing is for this little sliver of a moment. And yet I'm looking at like, look, you know, I'm sowing and I believe that the power of sowing and reaping, I believe that there is a reward. But if I look at reward being, it has to fit in this little minute and this little segment but I realized my reward for everything I'm doing here in life, man, it's going to go and go and go. Come on. That puts perspective on everything that you're experiencing in this little moment. In this little moment. That's why you would see different things of, I don't know, Apostle Paul and, uh, and all the uh, saints of old why some of them had incredible, amazing breakthroughs. Others that said, by faith, they went through horrendous things. Why? This wasn't the end for them. They knew it. They weren't even living for this to be the finish line. This was their finish line that just kept going. Okay, so let me continue on. I'm going to try and put this up here without it falling off. Okay, okay. You know, I have in my mind that I'm going to walk across here and pull on this and trip him. Pull the whole thing down. <laughs> anyway, okay. So now I'm distracting myself. Okay, so your, our priorities are determined by our view of the finish line. Your life right now and your priorities. Maybe you need to look back at them and consider, what are my priorities in life? And are my, my priorities in life based on a very finite, very short-term finish line? What I want to say to you is play the long game. Play the long game, not only for temporary goals. There will be some temporary things that will be blessing. God wants you to be blessed here on this earth. He does. But don't only play for the temporary goals, but for the eternal prize. That's what we're playing for. That's the end game. All right? Now I got you guys thinking about the Avengers. Okay, so here, the end game is in Christ. This is how Paul lived. This is why he was willing to pay the price so many times. This is why he went through so much crazy stuff in his life, high highs and really big challenges, because he knew that he wasn't ending when his physical life ended. He was going to continue on. Now, think about this in light of the Memorial Day uh, times that we're going to be celebrating and thinking of all of the people that laid down their life in all of these different wars, and they were fighting for something. And many times, they may have been fighting based on their values and faith. Sometimes they were fighting just for the values of, of protecting their family. Many times it was just a matter of fighting for the thought of freedom. And it meant something. And they saw that there was something that was worth laying down their life for that was bigger than themselves. This is that thought. That we're living a life. What is, what is, what is this life in Jesus? It's more than what we can get out of it. It's more than what we end up with. It's something that is greater, something that is more magnificent. There's another translation 
when Paul was talking about Demas in the first Timothy verse, he said, Demas has left chasing fads. That was interesting. That kind of stood out to me too, chasing fads. And, uh, and this is another thing that had come to me during this week, uh, just different things that, uh, different things that I was reading and things that were coming across in the news. But uh, over this process of time, there have been uh, a few people that have been, you know, notable, I mean, maybe, maybe public platform type of uh, Christian artists or speakers or authors, some of them that have come across, and, and they've come across with a thought of, of backing away publicly. You know, and, uh, and some of them really haven't affected me one way or the other because, I mean, look, I mean, I didn't know them. But, uh, but there was one that uh, came up this last week, Kevin Max. I don't know if you, you might have known him, but he was one of the founding, three founding members of DC Talk. Remember DC Talk? Anybody help me out, DC Talk? Anybody remember them? Come on. Yeah, right? So listen, so they came up and they, they were like, they were the band, man, during a certain time. They came across, they came across, listen, they put out one of the most iconic songs. Anybody know what it is? Jesus Freak. Freak. Why do you know that? Because it was really that big at that moment. And at the time, I was pastoring, I was youth pastor during this time when that came out, and that was like a rallying cry. You know, it was just like, yeah, let's be just Jesus Freaks. Let's be, if we're in this, let's be in this all the way. Right? Right? What would they think if I'm a Jesus freak? What was the rest of it? What would they do if they found out it's true? I don't really care if they know that I'm a Jesus freak. There ain't no denying the truth. There you go. See, some of you still got like, now it's running through your mind, right? But here's the deal. Like, man, that was throwing down the gauntlet. Like, this is real, and we're fighting for it. We don't care what anybody thinks. And how do you get to that point? And then later on, you're starting to put out some stuff. He had, he had texted and said that he is an ex-evangelical, he called it. And, uh, and he started putting out things that he is for and things that he, he is against, and he embraced several things that, that are clearly unbiblical now and even talked about, uh, I haven't left... A Christ, I've, uh, but I'm, I'm uh, pursuing the universal Christ. And universal Christ is a buzzword right now for a, a different kind of thought that is not in, in Christian beliefs, but it's kind of a mixture of many philosophies. And it's that Christ is in everything. Christ is in this table. He's in this rock. He's in every person in the world. He's in the sky. He's in a tree. He's just everywhere. And it undermines the thought that there was a Jesus Christ, a person who literally died on a cross. Right? There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. That's that's why you, listen, it's not like, here's, man, I'm picking a fight. Either you believe it or you don't. Okay? And, and here is the deal. If we come across as believers where we're standing for the truth, but we're not against people, we're not being critical, critical, but we're not being critical, we're not anti-people, but we're like, we have to help people. Not suggest. Listen here. Man, I'm picking a fight. Okay. 
I've got something that's stirring in me. And you know why? It's because I've been praying. And you've been praying for real revival. And this is kind of where it starts inside of our hearts to know what we believe so that we're offering real truth with real power that's not watered down and weak. That's not giving out false hope. Here's the thing, because false hope is going to sound and feel nice at a moment, but it's going to leave someone where they are rather than helping them. And so here's the deal. Another person that uh, I've been reading her book is just outstanding. Alyssa Childers wrote a book called Another Gospel. And she's, she had an experience where she was uh, part of the band Zoe Girl, and she ended up you know, touring, and then that you know, closed over time. She ended up going to a church. And, uh, and she saw it was a little bit different, and she got involved in a Bible, Bible study and realized that this group was part of what she called a progressive Christian group, and that's another term that's out there right now. And, and so what it was is she started hearing, from even from the pastor and from the Bible study, that certain parts of the Bible are true and certain parts are not. Certain parts were written by man, certain parts may be written by God, and there are certain truths that we've held to that really may not be true at all but our suggestions. And really, you need to find your truth. And what happened was she was just like taken aback by what is going on here. And so she was provoked and actually worked out good because she wrote a great book that's really challenging people to to shore up their faith. She said, when I have doubts about my faith, a deep nagging question that keeps me up at night, I don't have the luxury of finding my truth because I'm committed to the truth. I want to know what's real. I want my worldview, the lens through which I see the world, to line up with that reality. God either exists or he doesn't. The Bible is the word or it's not. Jesus was raised from the dead or he wasn't. Christianity is true or it isn't. There's no my truth when it comes to God. Do you? Oh, man, that's so good. Do you get that? We, we can't in, imagine in our own finite experiences that we would be able to determine eternal truth. How long have you been living here on earth? How many experiences? How many jobs have you had? Like how many relationships have you learned this from? Um, man, we need to have something that we're holding to that's much bigger than ourselves. Okay, so another researcher here. Now, here's where I got to be very careful because you got to hear my heart. I am all about loving every, every generation. Right? We got baby boomers in the room. Okay, we got Gen X people. Come on, help me out, Gen X. That's my, that's my crew. Gen X, come on. Okay, going on all the way down the line. We got some millennials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, listen. There was a research a short time ago, and this is why I just got to be so careful. This is not, I am not about bashing generations because this is a generational church and everybody has their part to play and run with the ball, right? Yes, we're all on the team. So much love, much love. But, he, but he, this was a, a researcher wanted to find out what the, the current trend in culture spiritually was. So he ended up reaching out to thousands of young people asking their views on Christianity. He found that in this culture that there were a much more of a proclivity to, to mix uh, Christian beliefs with all different worldviews and, and philosophies, kind of mix it all together and call it, you know, kind of new spirituality. This is 
truth. And so uh, here's the five common beliefs that they held. Number one, you don't have to write this stuff down. Number one, or you can if you want, whatever. <laughs> Number one, God exists. We agree? Yeah, that's cool. God exists. Number two, God wants people to be good, nice, fair with each other. And, and this thought is taught in the Bible and most other religions. Now, now you're starting to tip you a little bit. Okay, listen. Number three, the central goal in life is to be happy and feel good about oneself. Okay, see, some of you already, you know, responding to this. It's, it's, like, it's like, yeah, but. That's why Pastor Richard preached before. True-ish. I'm going to answer it in a second. But let's keep on going with these questions. Uh, number four, God doesn't need to be involved in one's life except when God is needed to resolve a problem. Okay, and then, man, this sounds like I'm condescending. I pray you don't take this. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just trying to expose what we're dealing with because we're called to reach our generation. And we've got to know what's going on and know, be able to connect with someone. And number five, that good people go to heaven when they die. Generally common view. Uh, now, here's the deal. Some of you, I think you're saying, wow, because you have a sense of mission because you realize these are people that God has called you to love, to care for, not to be condescending and, 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 and just judgmental towards. That's not the answer. Never is the answer. Many people passionately hold to these truths or these truish things. And, and we need to be able to connect with them and say, well, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Have you ever heard the word apologetics, Christian apologetics? Some of you, and I'm not going to get all the way into this, but ironically, it has nothing to do with apologizing <laughs> at all. But what it is, is it's the, the discipline of being able to have a discourse with someone to explain your faith. And, and if you don't have that depth to you to be able to explain that, then you'll miss people. But if we can have this kind of conversation and people can know where we're coming from and why we believe what we believe and why we're so passionate about it, then maybe we can reach many more people. The researcher called this kind or this set of beliefs, he called it therapeutic moralistic deism. I'm not going to go deep, deep in this, but therapeutic meaning that the truth makes them feel better about themselves. Their truth makes them feel better about themselves. That moralistic is, I'm a good person. Doggone it. I may feel bad, but I'm a good person at heart. And then deism, God may exist, but I don't need him. I got this. Now, how does this, uh, why, why am I talking about all this? Because this is saying all of those thoughts that I just talked about, that is a very finite view. Because in the end, it's all about my peace and me feeling good about myself. What is the end? Self. It would not be love if, if I just agreed with someone and said, well, yeah, you know, I kind of believe on some of these things too. We're, we're the same. We are the same. We're both born in the image of God. But some of these thoughts are going to limit people. Man, it's going to hurt them. And so in light of this, what's our finish line? Our finish line, again, just be these, these eternal truths. Uh, how does the power 
of God's truth answer these points, let's just go back for a second. God exists. Yes, he does. And he is a holy, awesome, amazing, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-existing, all-present God. Yes, he does. God wants people to be good. Yes, he does want them to be good. God wants people to be good, right? But he's already shown that we in our nature don't have the ability to be good in ourselves. And he showed that. He showed it Read the Old Testament. You see everyone trying. They're trying. They're trying. But God is revealing you can't do it on your own. And I'm here for you. I'm going to do everything I can to help you. And then he goes on, central goal in life is to be happy. Don't you know God wants you to be happy? He does want you to be happy. But listen, if there is a condition in our life where we have not completely sold out to God and, and, and in, in scriptures, if we've not experienced something called a new birth, something that is a miracle, it's not a change of mindset and a thought. It's a miracle that happens in your heart and your spirit. The word calls it becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things that passed away, behold, all things become new. There's something that happens when someone has an experience with Jesus and it changes you on the inside. And then you feel good, like really good, with no regrets. That's the reality of this thing. He's not calling you to ignore these feelings or bury them with with positive affirmation. God wants to be involved in every area of his life, and he is ever-present. He says the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. He leads us. You see the, the opposite of all these things? And then good people go to heaven when they die. Good people. Listen, good people and pretty rough people. I think we're going to be shocked when we get to heaven because the only prerequisite is did we know Jesus? Did we acknowledge what he did for us? Our goodness had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. So anyway, so what am I talking about? I'm going to give you another point here. Dig deep to know what you believe. Dig deep. This is a word for all of us in this church right now. This is a word for the season that's coming up because I believe our effectiveness as believers is going to be based on what we absolutely are firmly convinced that we know. You have every opportunity in this generation to search things out. My Lord, you have so many opportunities just to search things out, even, even Bible, scriptures, online, you version, all these things. But man, dig, dig, dig deep. Not only for you to stay the course, but to be able to help others. Okay, let me read this. Paul challenged Timothy. He said, 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 through 8, he said, For the time is coming when they will no longer listen or respond to healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desires, saying just what they need to hear just what they want to hear. They will close their ears to truth, believing nothing but fables and myths. So be alert to all these things and overcome every form of evil. Carry in your heart the passion of your calling as a church planter and evangelist. He's talking to Timothy and his his vision, his calling. And fulfill your ministry, your purpose, your calling. 
and know the time is fast approaching for my release from this life, and I'm already, I'm ready to be offered as a sacrifice. This is Paul. Look, look, look. This is Paul talking in this verse. He's saying, hey, you know what? The time's approaching. I know my time's approaching. This is a guy who's not fearful saying, I'm about to cross over. No fear. It's what I've lived for. This is a really different message, isn't it? We're talking about death today. Wow. Amen. Thanks, Pastor. Happy Memorial Day. Okay. I'm just saying, if this was the end and you looked at death as being so finite, man, how scary. How sad. Uh, That is depressing. But it's just a crossing over. Eternity. And so... Here's Paul. He's saying, you know what? I'm coming to the end of it. I know it. I've finished my full course. He says, I fought an excellent fight. I've finished my course. I've kept my heart full of faith. There's a crown of righteousness waiting in heaven for me. I know that my Lord will reward me on the day of righteous judgment. And this crown is not only waiting for me. He looks all the way through history and he looks at you but for all who love and long for his unveiling. My last point I want to put up here, and I'm closing, is we were created, you were created, for an eternal purpose. Not just a short time. For an eternal purpose. Don't play a lesser game. Don't play a lesser game. I want to pray for you right now. Yeah, Pastor Lindsay, help me with this. That'd be awesome. As I said, there's a lot of games out there. There's a lot that you can be involved with. Not every game is necessarily evil. I mean, you know, you can be involved in different aspects of life. I don't mean to say in any way that you shouldn't be making a living for your family. That's a good thing. Blessed to take care of your family. Uh, Maybe some of you are very much involved in businesses. That's awesome. I just pray that you'd have a revelation to know that it's not just for this moment, but it's for eternity. And some of you that even own businesses, it's not about just business ownership. It's about a platform of influence to reach other people. That's in game. To have a good, solid marriage is not only for you to be happy, but it's to create a stability for your kids that they can see faith in action. It's to create a picture of what it looks like to love God and love others so that other people see your life and they see the long game. If we've sold ourselves short, let me tell you, you are much more valuable, much more valuable than that short game. So much so, we believe with all of our heart that God loved us incredibly, that he saw that we were in a state that we were absolutely desperately separate from him and there was nothing we could do to ever be good enough to touch a holy God. We wanted to. He wanted to. But unfortunately, 
The word says we were born into a sinful nature. Thanks a lot, Adam and Eve. I got a lot to talk about when we see them in heaven. (laughs) But there was a sinful nature that caused us to fail. And even when we tried, we couldn't be good enough. And then God said, look, you know what? You want to see love? I'm going to send my only son, Jesus. He's going to live a perfect, sinless life. He's going to live the standard that that needed to be pure, holy. And he's going to bridge the gap between those that were desperately lost. And he's going to be the hope for every nation that in Christ, if we just say that we just acknowledge Jesus, Lord, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Take over. Change my life. It's not my goodness. It's your goodness. If we would do that one thing, God says, now I will look at you through Jesus. I will see you through my own son. He will be the filter of purity. And then I will have that kind of righteousness. Jesus lived a life, and instead of enjoying the reward for himself, he gave the reward to us. Isn't that amazing? That's why when Paul said, Take a good, hard look at Jesus. He's the center of this whole thing. He's the center of getting in the game. He is the reason, the purpose. Just close your eyes for a moment. There's anybody in the room that just like, man, that just is is stirring me. Maybe I've I've been a little distracted. I've been distracted on other things, and the enemy has really kind of beat me up, especially with that fear of what I'm missing out on, FOMO. Fear of what I'm missing out on. I feel like I missed out on so much and now I'm just striving to catch up and you realize you're playing a different game. Not the game. And maybe right now you feel the Spirit of God is pulling you back, drawing you back, drawing you back. Maybe this is the first time that you've ever been, you've ever heard us explain this before, ever. And you realize that there is a very real God and a very real Jesus who loves you incredibly so much that he chose to lay down his life for you. Thank God he didn't stay there. He was resurrected and alive forever. But what about where you're at in this this rope analogy? Are you in that very short sliver of time? Or are you living in a transcendent reality? of what it is to be in Christ. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, every single person in this room, wherever they are, we usually have you raise your hands if this really meant something to you. If you want to, that's fine. If you want to raise your hand, that's your point of contact. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do want to put you on the spot in your heart before God. Jesus, we just need you more than anything. Jesus, open up our eyes in this moment. You said that you would cause the scales that have been on our eyes, these thoughts and these, these, these deceptions and whatever they might be, these illusions that we've been believing that have distanced us from you. Lord, we pray that those scales would fall from our eyes now by your spirit. And Lord, I pray for no less than a miracle to take place in our hearts as we're reborn to our purpose, as we're reborn to who we are in Christ and what that means. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would know you in a more intimate way. And every person that is a believer now, help us to awaken, Lord, to come out of other things, out of other pursuits, 
and to serve you passionately and wholeheartedly. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this moment, this this time, Lord, to mean something, to shift things in our hearts and our lives. Lord, we give you praise for what you're doing now in this moment, in this moment, in this moment. Just linger here just a minute, just one more minute for those that have been just harassed by the enemy on that fear. I don't want to ignore it. I don't want you to ignore it. If the enemy has been harassing you by a fear of whatever you've missed out on, my life would be good if, if only, if only this, if only that. And if you obsess in that, that is a sure way to be distracted, a sure way to get your eyes diverted. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, every person that is dealing with that, even online, any person that is dealing with that fear, Father, I pray that you would dispel the myth that they're not missing out on a thing, that you are a faithful God and you know their heart and you know what they're needing. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue to reveal yourself as the God who is more than enough and able to answer every, every void, every void in their heart and life. I pray that you stop your striving now in Jesus' name. I pray that you're free from the rat race and the striving now in the name of Jesus and trying to pull it together by your own strength. Feel that for some of our business people right here. It's not on you. If God's called you to lead that business, he wants to be your senior business partner. Partner, And there is a grace for the pace. You don't have to strive and give out everything so there's nothing left for your family. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I release a new grace for you to show up in that area of their life. Be that senior business partner that helps them to land deals and commissions and let it be that it worked by your hand. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord. And Lord, we wrap up this series and we determine we're going to get in the game. We determine we're going to stay in the game. We determine we're going to get in our divine position and calling. And now, Lord, we pray that in doing this, we're going to reach a lost world with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, all right. Let's give God a hand, not not meet him. Man, I honestly, guys, I got to tell you, just true confessions. I'm just right here before you, just laying it all out. I wrestle with this so much because, you know, if you know me, I'm more like, hey, hey, party, happy guy. Let's have fun. Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I know this is a little heavy, but I got to tell you, I'm going to be faithful with what God kind of brought me this whole week. It just kept on. Every turn was another confirmation. Oh, I hear you. Oh, I hear you. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I feel like it's preparing us for a season that's coming. Right? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you, 